Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we snack on some scallops we got through the mail as we discuss the greatest television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 93rd episode in the series, You Gotta Have Hope. <laughs> not, not only is this a bizarre storyline, but I just, <laughs> the scallop line and that whole bit is like an amazing line and the whole thing with Willard and Gene Shallot, I, I just love that entire bit and I like I don't even think you necessarily have to know who those people are <laughs> although it makes it funnier yeah it's like a who's who was on like morning tv in the 80s so I love totally, it totally it's incredible but anyway what do you what do you think about sort of the conceit of this episode because it, it does it gets it's bizarre, but then all the other characters know it's bizarre besides Rose, right? And she sort of comes around and then it has this deliverance. I mean, what what do you think of the whole thing? Yeah. I mean, I think you have to abandon any sense of reality to appreciate it. There's a lot of good, funny parts. Yes. Um, I love the Donatello triplets, obviously. I think them organizing a talent show is funny. Yeah. Um I think Sophia's like uh, the great Alfonso boyfriend is cute. Yeah. Um, I like it. I definitely like, I think there's a lot of really good lines, but it is, it's crazy. It's so like off the rails. And even Rose's attachment to Bob Hope is like, it's really endearing. And I do think it like her, cause this is the first time we learned that she's adopted. Right. Cause she's never told them before. Um, that I think is also a really, interesting piece of her character and I think kind of um it it's nicely weaved in like it explains a lot uh I think later she talks about being like the nicest kindest kid so she would you know get picked up it's like that and this sort of like childlike um belief that this this iconic Hollywood guy is her father is so it, that part is believable, I think. Yeah, and that's, they actually say, so like Barry Fanaro, who's one of the ones that wrote this episode, was saying like, that's a pretty common thing with orphans, right? Of like, yeah. you imagine who your parents are. Even even without orphans, I guess, I mean, like in one of the other episodes, like Dorothy talks about how Errol Flynn was her dad. She thought right. Errol Flynn was her dad when she would want to imagine, you know, um, better parents, I guess. But... And her mom was Amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because they... Um, they actually talk about like Barry Fernando talks about in this book of like, you know, the entire conceit of the episode hinged upon getting a really good guest star who was old enough to be Rose's father, which is like, okay, you know, that was going to be some big Hollywood folks. And and they actually asked Betty White to ask Bob Hope because she knew him. So, right. um, you know, she was like, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, she's like, I'm, I'm good at that. I'll show off and being like, oh yeah, I'm friends with him. But like, she was like, it was actually kind of tense to ask him. And she said he was so nice and said, sure, I'd love to, you know, and she's like, I felt like such a hero when I can go back and say, yes, we've got Bob Hope, which I think is really funny. Cause like, she, she gets to be it, the yeah. hero in the episode, right? Where she yells it at the ladies' auxiliary meeting. So, but I will say it's really funny. Like, I actually do love the the orphan storyline of Rose, and I think a lot of it makes sense. But you know, as we were talking about last episode, there's no show Bible, and she says, um, you know, that her her parents were named Nyland, which is not true. They were named Lindstrom, right. um, not you know, not Charlie's name. So I thought that was really kind of just right. funny when oh you're like, God, call out. Even catch yeah. that that's yeah. yeah that's a huge mistake <laughs> she says it like very quickly right yeah. but you know it's uh and you're like all right fine 
yeah yeah and it's like um it, it's interesting because i i that whole storyline must have been something they came up with like because you know it's season four yeah so and we've met her mother and she's never told the girls that which is also kind of interesting it's like is that something she kind of keeps you know close close to her i don't know but um it works i think it's nicely you know like it, it plays into the rest of her character and it's it's great for this episode yeah. um and i also think that speaks to just like what an icon betty white was when this show started when the show was on like you know um she knows everybody like yes. she like she can just make a call and get bob hope that's a really big deal i know it's amazing and bob hope is like god to this generation yeah right? exactly, i mean like right. that's just like the ultimate get if we're talking about like level of guest stars for like especially like the older generation watching the golden girls right it's just like and even you know we what are what us watching golden girls i knew who bob hope was right yeah I've i knew it was a big deal stand up and like sure. i've seen those old shows and like the uso like clips and things so yeah it's really kind of hilarious um <laughs> can we let's let's talk we, look, we're going to talk a little bit more about bob hope later but can we focus on the donatello triplets because we oh have my a gosh, lot please. to talk about them so um <laughs> well why i mean why don't you kick it off because i think we really first talked about them in depth with elliot powell okay so yeah so they're really called the del rubio triplets they're obviously really triplets and they really do play music um <laughs> they were a folk sort of like acoustic cover bands um and they really dressed the sort of like campy way they do in the show. Um, and they got a little bit famous. Like they definitely had a little bit of a following. Um, and right, actually they so. all lived together and they never married. And especially when the first one died, the two, the remaining two sort of like really built this Golden Girls-esque life. Like they lived together but, and they yeah. like, you know, did everything together. So um, I don't know. It's a really cool little cameo. I love them. I think they're like so charming and it's such a great like get <laughs> for yeah. this like talent show. Um and also I got to say like you know I I was like the Neutron dances never sounded so good. It's so great. It reminds me of last episode where like they're singing a song and until like the money line of like it's a small world or <laughs> the Neutron yeah. dance like you don't, you don't know, know what, what they're is. actually exactly. singing. Exactly. <laughs> totally. It's really great. But I will say, after watching this episode, I went back to listen to the Pointer Sisters' Neutron Dance, and fuck, it's a great song. So good. It's so, so good. good. Also, the music video is, I forgot, is um, from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh my god, wow. What a <laughs> so it's like them like at a movie theater showing Beverly Hills Cop. It's wow. Really, it's really wonderful. So go YouTube that shit after our episode. Um, anyway, but you know, th this is like, the whole idea was like what you said before, is like how it's such a great idea to have them do a talent show right and like the we just get so many good gags you get the bouncer from brother can you spare a jacket like doing puff the magic dragon with some very odd like steroid steroids conversation yeah <laughs> it's very bizarre you get sophia doing like you can't be in the show you can't be in the show. i love that <laughs> who are you vicky ricardo <laughs> i like lucy yeah um <laughs> But it's uh, everything, you know, and even just like the it's it's better with my brother is like such a dumb gag, but it's so funny when he it's goes, funny. Hey, and he throws it against yeah. the wall. I laugh every time. It's like the dumbest physical comedy, but it's so great when he just throws it at the wall and it just goes boom, boom, boom. Um, 
it's delivered with such er- like he's so earnest about like he's gonna do it and he's obviously talented like he can juggle <laughs> he's just really sad yeah oh god it's really very funny but yeah but, i like- love um i love sophia being the business person for the like her negotiations for the triplets are like i know you know originally she wants a, a fee and then she's like all right i'll i'll play ball and she like you know the exchange to have her boyfriend in the show is just like that also feels very um it, it, I like how they weave her into the the talent show because she's not yes. um, like on the committee, so they do a good job with like keeping her connected there. Exactly, exactly. And like, yeah, thanks for the Medicare. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> can't be in the show. I know it's amazing. It's amazing, but um, but so all right. So then we get to you know they're they're at the kitchen table again and they're talking about Willard Skies and bad scallops on the air. That he got through the mail, like all very of, good morning about America. Line, I feel like yeah. yes, and it's about time someone threw up on Jean Shallot is like the most amazing line because growing up, I was just like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> I was the like, the audience responds in a like affirmative way for sure. Seriously, I was like seven, you know, and I was like, I don't like this guy. What the hell are we listening to him for? Like, it's oh, I mean, that's before I made all of my opinions about daytime TV and all of those kinds of quote unquote news shows. But anyway. Um, but then we, you know, we take that super right turn where she's just like, easy, he's my father. Right. <laughs> yeah. No big. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been forgetting to wash the fruit before you eat it? And it just, <laughs> it really is wacky. But what is so funny is that since watching, rewatching this episode now in the scholarly vein and, after we have written our paper, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the paper that we that we wrote because I don't think we've like fully fully talked about it yet. No, I guess we have not. Um, yeah, so it's actually going to be um, it'll be in a book that uh, is due to come out. I think in the next like few months. Um, Shortly. Yeah, but basically, um, one of the pieces is about how attached people are to the Golden Girls. And of course, we mean to the show, but we also mean to the characters. Um, And when you form an attachment with a character, uh, it's called a parasocial relationship. And um, basically, what that means is like, it's only a one way relationship. Obviously, a character can't express emotion or love you back. But that doesn't really matter because there's still a lot of benefits and growth that can come from those types of relationships, um, similar to ones we have in real life. And so this whole thing of Rose feeling an attachment and sort of like a, a connection to Bob Hope and it kind of getting her through something big like this this thing that she doesn't know her birth father right is something that she's dealing with emotionally and this uh fallacy really that bob hope is her father and the attachment to him helps her sort of move past that and accept all of it like accept the fact that she was um adopted accept the fact that like she doesn't know her birth parents and feel this level of comfort and um the point really is that that's a good thing like parasocial relationships can really help you move through things um there's of course the risk which i would argue this this broaches of it becoming unhealthy and it uh you know impacting your relationships with real people um but this is like a very a shining example of what those are yeah, I think it's amazing because it's like I never recognized that before. And of course, intellectually, you understand that like she's using this 
quote unquote false relationship as a crutch, right? Where it's like, I mean, at some point, like, you know, Dorothy's just like, Bob Hope doesn't know you exist. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, like, and that, like, she calls it out so explicitly. But I think it's great because I think, you know, I'm very excited for our, our, sort of essay or our scholarly article to come out in this compilation um, because we talk about this, but because it, I think it really, it's, it's been a journey for us to sort of put to academic words and terms, like what we already sort of inherently knew and felt about the show. Um, which is like, again, like this episode, like you said, it's a perfect example of how this has been like a crutch in a good way and then we even explore when it kind of takes a turn and kind of fucks up other people's lives, you know? Right. Like, like the, the fact that they might have had to give money back for a charity event is, like, not a great sign. No, know? it's really tough. It's tough that she forgot the programs. And, yeah. you know, we'll get to that, but uh, the programs. Um, programs. <laughs> when she has that moment of, like, oh, I forgot. You know, it's I so, know. oh, your heart breaks. It's, it's like, rough, yeah. It could happen to anyone. You just just slipped your mind mm-hmm. yeah exactly you're like so caught up in the actual emotions and everything so. yeah but now dorothy's the laughing stock of the ladies auxiliary <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing but there are a lot of great comments right so I, dorothy and blanche are not in the wrong of like really kind of heavily criticizing rose because she is already it's not that it's not like she has, it's not like they introduced this parasocial relationship in the context of it not affecting real life, right? It's not like they're like, oh, they're just talking about how Rose has this fantasy and, and that's fine. Like she immediately brings it into, he's my dad, I can get him for the show, <laughs> you know? And Dorothy's right. like, I don't know whether to cry or commit you. <laughs> it's like, and it's so, it's so real. So I think they're all correct, you know, again. Blanche is like, well, if she's going to have fantasies, they ought to be the normal, healthy kind. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sweaty Argentinian cowboys whipping things while they ride naked <laughs> on the back of Brahma bulls. And, um, oh my god, it's like so <laughs> gross and so funny. And Dorothy's like, I have to remember to stop using your towels. Um, yeah, oh my god, that one's so good. <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah. But I think it's great because I think the balance of this wacky storyline comes from the other characters, necessarily. It's not like there's ever... It doesn't feel like Mr. Terrific where like they're sort of going along with it a little bit uh, on on its own and being like this is okay. They're basically being like it's not okay. You're crazy. <laughs> like stop it, you know? Like, yeah, from the whole... very beginning of yes. the Bob Hope thing, they they don't even entertain it. Correct. I think where they start to get like I don't know, there's like a little bit of give when she says they got Bob Hope as the MC, but they never believe it's her father. They, you know, like they're just like yeah. glad she was able to finagle this. Well, and then um, it quickly dies down right. after she explains. She talks to like a page after she announces <laughs> it to the whole room full. And then I, what I love so much about that scene is like meeting is adjourned. Like oh, I right know. away. <laughs> I know it's the exact same thing as like the Elvis hunka hunka birdie love. You're like we're not gonna socialize or do anything of the fun sort. It's just like bye, meeting's over. Get out. <laughs> and no explanation about like his fee, his like rider, nothing. nothing like they're just like all right we gotta go how long they have him for (laughs) right yeah it's just like perfect good job (laughs) um also in the kitchen when um the fantasy line is going on sophia has two um sort of like mini outbursts that i think are really funny oh yeah when um when she's like both of them written down because yeah and she's like better i should say nothing from now on sitting here like a pin cushion (laughs) it's like (laughs) learn to live with it or medicate me and it's just so it's like you know those lines of dialogue are kind of 
they're just inserted there. Like they don't necessarily need to be there, but they add a lot to the scene. Oh, absolutely. I was even thinking of the third one where she's like, I'm having a cup of tea talking. The two of you have a look on your face like you paid for Phantom of the Opera. Yes! <laughs> so good. So great because sometimes like, you know, when <laughs> like, I actually don't like when she gets really intense sometimes because I think they overstretch her like being pissed. Like the yeah. perfect example I can think of which to me personally is not nearly as funny as this scene in the kitchen is the end of the Fidel episode where she's like, he's given them to me. You know, the man is plant food, you know, all this other stuff. And like, she's given them to me. And she kind of keeps going on and like ranting to herself. Whereas yeah. I feel like this one is really like the pacing feels realistic. Like the pacing feels like, you know, <laughs> they're having this serious conversation and they keep just sort of like interrupting Sophia and she's like I'm just being who I am you know I mean she literally says this is who I am Dorothy learn to live with it or medicate me and mm -hmm. it's like and again even before that it's like the perfect retort it's like why do you constantly look for ways to abuse yourself at my expense she's like you don't have cable and I can't crochet yeah <laughs> it's really it's so matter of fact you know and like yeah. the fan of the opera line everything about it is like it's incredible. And I, I really just love, um, I love the flow of this episode. Like the writers really hit it home, especially since there are a lot of different wacky pieces to like put together, like the bending of the keys and like applaud the man and Rose, this isn't miracle on 34th street. And I, and there's, there's a lot of like kind of up and downs, but it really works very well. Yeah. And they have sort of like, I feel like particularly Blanche, um, feels like she has sort of like a responsibility to get Rose like to kind of like snap Rose out of it you know like interesting it's not real and I feel like also Blanche like what even like when she has that line about like the fantasies um and all of it she doesn't like I feel like there's a, a little bit of a lack of um sympathy almost for it yeah like she's just like no that's nuts you've got to let it go yeah whereas i mean dorothy definitely feels that way too and dorothy's more dealing i think with her own sort of like humiliation or like impending humiliation yes um impending. and i think is a little bit more like uh maybe aware of the nuance of rosa's attachment yes but i feel like blanche is just like get you gotta get it together <laughs> yeah like you mean like dorothy kind of understands the coping mechanism piece she, but also she, you're like you brought this into my life yeah i think she understands the coping mechanism and i also think she feels bad for rose's realization that he's not her father even before rose yeah. gets there like i think she knows that it's gonna be it's gonna crash. something for rose that's not just like it's not just going to be like a, a reality check. It's going to be something she has to deal with. And so yeah. I think she has a little bit of that sort of like looming. I don't know that that's necessarily leading her response, but I do think she's aware of it. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the very least, Dorothy is like, Bob Hope won't show up. And then Rose will have this crushing blow. Yeah. That like, yeah. he didn't show up because he's not her father. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is it's kind of funny because to your point like she almost says it like when she has the line where rose goes what you need is faith and she goes and what you need is a psychiatrist who enjoys the challenge it's really true i feel like they usually say that when it's not really like applicable, know, but it's like yeah but she it's should. like really true at this point and the way that she delivers it is obviously you know sassy and sarcastic as is dorothy's way but to your earlier point it's almost like said in a caring very serious way yeah <laughs> like 
Like, no, Rose, like, you really do need to talk to somebody about this. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. This, you got to stop doing this, you know? Um, I do. So, uh, like, what I, when I remember this episode, I remember the talent show, of course, and I remember um, the drag dress up. Of course. Yes. Yeah. And what's funny is that the vibe, like, my memory of this episode and that scene in particular is that there are so many anti queer statements um but there's only one there's only yeah. one joke at the very end most of the time is them talking amongst themselves like that's all it is i mean you could you could say that like sam sneed with a hormone problem like falls under that but i thought it was like more of like a lot more of the guys like being like what are these you know interior designers yeah. doing in here kind of thing and it's actually only one which is surprising to me yeah, it's only one, and I even feel like it's not that bad. Like it's yeah, I mean, it's it's meant to be like those guys are meant to be homophobic. Like right, we, we kind of sure. get that um, as the audience. Their drag looks are so good. I really love them, and I I feel like um, you know, it's that's obviously the punchline that they're dressed like men, and like Blanche is of course very familiar with the locker room. And yeah, yeah, yada yada. But um. Also, there's it, carpet in the men's locker room. I know. Disgust. I don't. I guess it's a country club. Well, and that was my other note. Was like, it. how do they just waltz into the club where Bob Hope is playing golf in Miami? I'm sure it's very exclusive. <laughs> um, but sure, Blanche knows somebody. I guess. Yeah, she might. I mean, but she's dressed like that. <laughs> well, maybe they got changed somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really like this. I think it's a fun. Uh, yeah, I think it's like a fun gag. Um, it also made me think of Murray Hill, who is probably the most famous drag king in New York. Oh. And it reminded me to clue you in if you haven't already watched um, Somebody Somewhere with Bridget mm-hmm. Everett on HBO. I haven't. You should watch it. It's a really, really good. Um, I should watch it or everybody should watch it? Everybody should watch it, but you specifically, <laughs> I think, would really like it. Okay, great. Um, it's like... It's really, um, it deals a lot with, like, grief and emotions, but it's still really, really funny. And it's, like, not like the Golden Girls at all plot-wise, but I do feel like that ability to kind of, like, tie those two things in together is, um, it exists in both shows. So I did want to take that opportunity to plug it. Excellent, excellent. What a great link. Talking Mm -hmm. about drag kings. I love it. Yeah. Um, Also, so speaking of the drag (laughs) get-ups. Speaking of state fairs. Yeah. <laughs> um the the drag getups are great because I remember like watching like looking at them and taking a minute to be like why did they pad Rose's stomach so much and then being like because they had to hide her boobs. Yeah. It's a good it's a real it's, drag move I feel like actually it's to put the padding there. It's amazing. Yeah. But it is funny because it takes like a beat, you know? I'm just like, wait, why does she look like that? Oh, right. <laughs> Betty White has a huge wreck. <laughs> yeah, and like her hair underneath the hat is so funny. It's like, it's very like um, dime store drag, but I really like it. <laughs> pretty hilarious but yeah i was i was pretty i was pretty happy that that scene wasn't like quite as vulgar um as i had remembered i guess in my mind which is really interesting like they were just kind of having fun with drag which was nice yeah i agree because it, it does feel like something that they could do like gross yeah um, you could, there could be a lot of not not sticking around uh these days lines so no but it almost feels like tongue and cheeky also like the antique dealer is like uh that's like on the membership committee like I could believe that a gay person wrote that. You know, like yeah, it doesn't, that, it's no, not absolutely. like hateful. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, like I said, I think the, we're, those guys are meant to be homophobic. They're meant to be like classic rich white guys at a country club. Like I think it, you know, 
it's even if people and audiences didn't realize that at the, at the time i think that's how it reads at least now to yeah, a modern totally. audience so it's it's kind of like passable in that way like they're jerks yeah um so but anyway all right so let's get into bob hope yeah let's <laughs> the, talk about the, the town show his old so, vaudeville partner <laughs> oh my god that's perfect right and talk about oh my god from the perspective of 2022 thinking about vaudeville it's just like it's over a hundred years ago like that's nuts but like yeah. we're talking about you know the 1980s where it was like part of that generation it's like it's so bizarre to just think about how fucking old these people are. So Bob Hope is like <laughs> in his late 80s at this point. And so in Jim Colucci's book, they actually talk about, you know, after Betty White gets him, they asked him, you know, the logistics, which <laughs> looked like the ladies auxiliary should have, of like what, how they want to do things. Like, do you want to be paid? Do you want us to donate it to charity? And basically his agent was like, yeah, that sounds great. But he also wants more. He needs you to write him jokes. Because apparently he was going to perform like the bob hope desert classic golf tournament right which obviously perfectly believable that he was playing golf because that's what he did because that's what old old rich white men do yes <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically like you guys on the golden girls like you're joke writers write him 10 ronald reagan jokes because the president was going to be at that tournament and then he's like and then he'll do your show so it's so funny i'm watching this before i read the jim colucci um essay uh, you know the chapter about this episode and i'm like why the fuck is this entire bit about ronald Reagan? <laughs> yeah because he's like not in office anymore <laughs> so well yeah exactly it's so funny and it just seemed it seemed like excessive I'm like yeah 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 and i'm like okay enough like too much reagan i don't want to listen to him you know talking about reagan but that was the whole idea so um it was <laughs> It was just kind of hilarious. Like, he basically bartered to be like, all right, well, write me some jokes for this other thing, and then I'll do it, you know? Um, yeah, Which I, I thought that. was kind of a great negotiation. It really um, is. And um, so he did. He used a lot of the jokes. And apparently, you know, so Rick Kopp was uh, uh, a writer um, that was mentioned in the Jim Colucci book. <laughs> he was talking about how his his joke was the whole Nancy's upset about the moving back to California because she's afraid he won't have enough free time to spend with yeah. her anymore, which is pretty funny. He's like, God, it was such a dumb joke, but he used it. He used it in front of the president. So he was like, that was like my personal victory. You know, <laughs> like I wrote a joke for Bob Hope that he used in his own set. Yeah, that's um, amazing. That's I know. I thought that was pretty resume. great. It's pretty great. And then one more thing from the Colucci book, which was really funny, right? At the dress rehearsal, like he kind of, he knew the whole story was like Rose thought he was her father. He's going to come out. Um, but he didn't quite get it. And he kept doing jokes about like, man, the thing about these golden girls. <laughs> yeah. Like, everybody's like, Bob, we can't, we can't use They that. don't know they're the golden girls. They don't know yeah. they're the golden yeah, girls. Exactly. It's like, this is not, we're not breaking the fourth wall here. But apparently he finally got it by the second show, you know, and that was part when he got new material, they rewrote a lot of the jokes and that whole thing. But I just think that's really funny too, because it kind of reminds me of like when they were talking about working with Mickey Rooney and like working with just these old, old Hollywood actors, but they're also just old guys. Yeah. <laughs> like it's hard to like. I mean, the like, guys. Yeah. But like, think about, think about like, okay, we have to do this like big, long filming. Like that's really like physically demanding and mentally taxing. And then 
picture your great grandfather yeah <laughs> trying to tell him how to do lines and like you know even if you're bob hope or even if you're mickey rooney like that's a lot so it's a lot to remember you know it's just really it's really fascinating so anyway i, I think it works really well and he has like you know he's very cute old grandpa perfect bob hope delivery he looks and, great for being yeah. in his 80 i like i looked it up i looked up his wiki and i was like because i didn't really believe that he was that much older than betty white um just like physically they, he looks great but yeah he totally is and he um it's he could just be like, her father he really could <laughs> yeah. i also like the one thing i do want to say that i don't like is when um she's like thanks thanks dad, dad. Oh, i knew you were gonna god say that. I, I hate it you, were gonna say that. you know it it's like they do that sometimes they like weave in like a a line at the end that's like goofy and like yeah hokey and there needs like to be a cap, right? Like, sometimes it is awkward when it just sort of, like, hangs out there. Like, he tells one last joke and then it almost fades, you know? It, kind of, it just reminds me of, like, a lot of music of this era. Like, where somebody would, re- like, record a song and it would be a fade out. And you're like, that's not a good ending. Yeah, <laughs> You just for sure. play the last note. <laughs> so, like, you do need a punchy line like that. But, yeah, it's so fucking hokey. And it's like... It's kind of funny because it's like in that line, it almost undoes the progress Rose has made about exactly. the parasocial relationship. Yes. <laughs> it totally does. I think so too. I, I know. It's really kind of funny. But I mean, it's it's cute. And I think the reason I do enjoy this one more than I think I would on paper is because of that realization. Because Rose comes to somewhat of her senses and like recognizes it. And then, you know, they very much like, play it quickly like isn't isn't that a hoot you know like that you know uh um she doesn't say hoot what does she say she goes like isn't that a trip or a trick and stuff sorry sorry listeners you know we're remiss in getting this very like particular line Um, i have so many other notes about this this part that i can't (laughs) yeah go go uh go check oshutuprose.com um for all your references but i think um I think, like, you know, that, that like, is handled very quickly of, like, his old vaudeville partner, oh, my God, so funny, you know? And it, it is a nice way. It feels very, like, Seinfeldian, like, this just, very like, much, weird yeah. coincidence that brings the two storylines together, um, the A and the B. But um, but it works, you know? And yeah. it works to, like, talk about it. Like, very quick, okay, that's fine, that's fine. But in my mind, in my head canon, I like to think that Rose did learn the lesson and understands that she absolutely can have a parasocial relationship with Bob Hope, but that she should never again bring it into other people's lives to affect. <laughs> yeah, we'll just wait for the monk, and then we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah, move past it. <laughs> we'll move right past it, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, did you have anything else? No, that's it. Do you think God could be a Democrat? That's my only other thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Oh. oh, my God. Yeah, in the context of today, too, it's like, whew, there's a lot I have to say about that. I know. We don't, we don't have I another know. hour. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. All right, team. Join us next time. We're going to discuss Hispanic stereotypes and the exchange rate on 900,000 lira. <laughs> Take care. <laughs>